Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I am Donnie Cage. Donnie Cage, Donnie Cage. How's it going, sir? It's going great. I finally feel like myself for the first time in the last week. Yes, 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 sir. We're so glad that you were getting back to yourself and uh, back on the air with us. Uh, we definitely uh, missed not being able to do a, uh, a show with you. The other day, I knew you were sick, and uh, you know everybody's pulling for you. I did have a couple uh, emails asking what happened, and then uh, I told the viewers, you know, that you were you were not feeling well, and uh, uh, had a couple of them say that they were, uh, you know, praying for you and hope you feel better. So I should have wrote the names down, but I didn't. Sorry. Much appre- much appreciated, uh, fans. Much appreciated. So, folks, if this is your first time listening to us. Be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. We're on 73 auto audio platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage does have another podcast that he co-hosts called Uncaged Voice. Go ahead and tell him about that podcast, sir. Yes, if you're interested in gaming, entertainment, news, movies, and topics of that sort, check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube, co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated. Absolutely. Also, I host the Red Pill Current News podcast. Uh, We drop a couple episodes there every week, Uh, basically about current events, politics, things going on, things that you won't find on the mainstream media news. Uh, We... Cut it down the line, even if sometimes it hurts. <laughs> uh, also, uh, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at ol Kentucky spelled out o Kentucky ninety nine at yahoo.com. That's ol Kentucky ninety nine at yahoo.com. Also, in the description below is our merch, our merch shop, our social media links, all that good stuff. It's right there. In the description below. Uh, the Night Crew is a podcast that talks about current events. Uh, they, basically, they talk about everything. Talk about what's going on with the uh, wildfires and the storms and all this. And uh, I was actually honored to be a guest at the Steve Holder show uh, last night. And I'm actually going to be on there on Thursday night as well at 9 p.m. It's a live broadcast. Uh, they shoot it and it's on. Uh, it's actually a video podcast it's on youtube as well 
So uh, you can check that out at youtube.com at Steve Holder. And that's the Night Crew Podcast. Check them out. I think you guys will have a good time. We had a lot of fun. Uh, oh, and Kentucky guy, uh, before we jump in, I just want to just want to say that we at the uh, Against the Met Wrestling Podcast do want to send our our prayers and best wishes to anyone that's been impacted by the wildfires. Uh, you know, we had the, obviously you heard about the ones in Hawaii, the ones in New Jersey. There have been wildfires in Canada. It's uh, pretty crazy, and we know uh, a lot of people have been impacted by it. Yeah, and uh, also uh, to kind of uh, kind of go well, not really along with that, but I wanted to start the show off. Uh, it, it's actually bad news, and you know, uh, we hate starting a show like this. But uh, if you haven't heard yet, we want to make sure that everybody knows uh, that the Hall of Fame WWE Hall of Famer, uh, NWA World Champion Terry Funk. Has passed away, so could uh, you know? So our condolences to uh, the Funk family, uh, a huge name in wrestling. If you know anything about wrestling, uh, Terry Funk has been wrestling since the mid 1960s. Uh, his father actually uh, had a uh, promotion that he started wrestling in. Uh, this guy traveled all over the world. Uh, he wrestled in Florida, Japan, uh, all over the place. Uh, he was with the WWE several times, WWF. Even uh, WCW, so uh, you know, definitely a huge loss to the wrestling world. Uh, ECW, I can't forget that. He actually uh, one of the things that he's really known for to the younger generation is uh, how he selflessly uh, helped bring ECW to that next level. He actually won the world title. Uh, I think it was in '97, and on their first pay per view. And he's, he's a main thing. And, and Paul Heyman, if you've ever seen uh, Paul Heyman in an interview, uh, he will uh, he talks about how influential and how much help Terry Funk was to his brand back then. So he's going to go down as one of the best wrestlers ever, best hardcore wrestlers ever. Uh, if you didn't know, in the recent years, he's been battling dementia. And, uh, you know, definitely our condolences and prayers out to the Funk uh, friends and family. Okay, so let's get into some results for the week. And let's start off right with Monday Night Raw. All right, folks, so we had the new day, which was Xavier Woods and Kobe Kingston back in action again. And they actually fought against Riddle and McIntyre, and they defeated Riddle and McIntyre. Yeah, so I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why they're getting a push now that they're back. Um, You know, I always thought the main guy on new day was Big E, he's not back. He's not coming back, from my understanding. So, uh, or at least in a, in the ring, he's not coming back. He's going to be behind the scenes, most part. But anyways, your new day was was victorious on that match. Uh, your thoughts, sir? I mean, I keep asking myself every week: When is Drew McIntyre going to turn on Matt Riddle? It's bound to happen. I mean, especially if they start racking up losses on a regular basis. Um, you know. 
I, I've said it before, I feel like the New Day as a stable has worn out its welcome. I feel like Kofi and Xavier Woods need to start going off and doing their own thing at this stage of their careers, but it looks like they're determined to keep the New Day together, which, again, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that personally, but uh, I, I would be a fan of a Drew McIntyre heel turn at this point. Come on, WWE, you're dropping the ball. Make it happen. Uh, Drew McIntyre just needs to be out the door. I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, it very, that was a, you know, those two were going to break up, and it was actually New Day who talked the tag team and actually staying together. So I thought that was kind of odd as well. Uh, then the next match, surprising ending to the next match, by the way. Uh, Chad Gable took on Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship title. And, uh, sorry about that. And, uh, Chad Gable won by countout. So the titles don't switch hands when it's a countout. But, um, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, kudos. We've been saying it for a year now. Chad Gable doesn't get the props and the wins that he deserves. But the ring general is going to kill him. <laughs> so, I don't know. Your thoughts on that match? Well, I clearly think this is WWE capitalizing on the fact that Chad Gable's really getting over with the audience, and they want they want to build up some anticipation and stretch this feud out a little longer and have the two of them compete in a pay-per-view match, which I'm all for, honestly. Uh, but once again, um, I don't see Chad Gable winning the Intercontinental Championship as talented as he is. So this was really just kind of a, a pit stop to their final showdown at the, ne at the next pay-per-view. Now, would you, would you really, let's be honest about it, would you really want to watch a pay-per-view match, Chad Gable versus Gunther? I mean, it's not on my list of uh, matches that I absolutely want to see, but again, I like Chad Gable, and I'm, I'm glad he's at least getting a little bit of an opportunity here. Yeah, it just, okay, I guess I worded that wrong. Would it not seem more realistic for Chad Gable to be going against, I don't know, Rey Mysterio for the U.S. title? More re realistic, right? More realistic, probably, because at least there's a question of who's going to win the match. I mean, it's more. it would be more believable for Chad Gable to beat Rey Mysterio than, um, than Gunther. It would even be more realistic for Chad Gable to beat Austin Theory if he was still the U.S. champion, to be perfectly honest. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. All right, so we had Rhea Ripley took on the uh, Poison Pixel, Candice LeRae. Rhea Ripley, of course, won that match, hands down. Uh, Candice, um, I don't know, man. She uh, Her win-loss record is just as bad as Johnny Gargano, <laughs> so... She might be regretting coming back like he is. I don't know. Uh, and then we had uh, your buddy, uh, Tozawa, actually defeat The Miz. <laughs> the Miz was distracted. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he he won up him and uh, rolled him up and pinned him. So I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was a more of a comic relief thing for L.A. Knight, who, by the way, was on Raw and got a huge... Huge pop. You talk about somebody being over with the crowd right now. That guy right there. Yeah. Your thoughts, sir? 
Uh, I'm telling you, they're uh, Tozawa. This is the start of his big push. Uh, next thing you know, they're going to bring the 24/7 championship back, uh, which I hope not. Um, it, it, it it did make me smile seeing him pick up a, an actual win on Raw, even though I'm all, I've always been a fan of the Miz. Um, and but LA Knight, I mean, come on, the guy is so over with the crowd right now. He's got to win this match against the Miz when they compete at the pay per view. I mean, it's got to happen. You're crazy if he doesn't win. As far as the uh, women's match, Rhea Ripley is your world uh, women's champion right now, so of course she's going to look dominant. Candice LeRae, my big question is, I thought WWE was planting the seeds that they were going to do something with the way stable, because they were hinting that they were all getting back together. And now that seemed, that idea seems to have been abandoned completely. I mean, they could have put, put Candice back with Indy Hartwell on a tag team, but they didn't do that. So, she's kind of just an enhancement talent at this point for other female wrestlers. Yeah, and now that Ciampa's back from his injury, I don't really know what the holdup on that would be. But they're going to have to do something because uh, I know that you, there's so much talent on both of these brands, right? On uh, WWE and AEW. That, you know, our favorites can't always win, right? I, I get it. But... You will destroy these people, making them lose, putting people over all the time. These we're talking about younger wrestlers. They're not. They're not. We're not talking about Chris Jericho's and uh, you know what have you, Randy Orton's and things like that, putting people over. We're talking about younger people who just got on the main roster, actually. So you will destroy them before they even have a chance if you don't put some big wins under their belts. And we're not seeing that for any of these guys. Which is odd, because they're all Triple H people, so maybe it's coming. I don't know. And we had uh, Chelsea Green and her new tag team partner, the champions. Uh, did you have something you wanted to say, sir? No, no, continue. Okay. Uh, against uh, Piper, uh, her tag team partner, and they actually defeated Chance and Carter. Yeah, so <laughs> they're, uh, they still got the titles. Um I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, is this Chelsea Green's real push? Or are they acting like this is a comic relief? I mean, I don't know. But that was, uh, yeah, your thoughts on the last match on Raw? You know, I have to be honest. I, I like this combination of Piper Niven and uh, Chelsea Green. They're kind of like an odd pairing. But Piper Niven, I think, has always been talented, and she just hasn't been utilized very well. I mean... Of course, it couldn't have been helped when she first debuted on Raw because they named her Dewdrop, which was one of the stupidest names for a wrestler of all time. Um, so the fact that they went back to calling her Piper Niven, I was really happy about. And, you know, I, I was impressed with her first uh, match alongside Chelsea Green. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, by the way, um, sometimes we talk about other sports on here uh, because they kind of involve wrestling a little bit. I was just going to ask you, did you see that press conference yesterday, the KSI uh, and Fury uh, boxing press conference, and Logan Paul was there as well? I didn't catch that press conference, but uh, but talk to me about it a little bit. Mayhem. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, that, that was the craziest press conference I have ever seen. Uh, and I've seen a lot of, I mean, I thought Jake Paul and Tommy Fury's was pretty up there. This one here, John Fury, 
who is Tommy Fury's dad, ended up flipping the tables over. And once he did, chaos broke out all over the place. And I'm telling you, I do not know how uh, those guys got out of there without at least getting a jab on each other. Um, it was entertaining, but you can tell that it wasn't it, it wasn't meant to happen. <laughs> it was we're talking real life, you know. So it was it wasn't a work or anything. So, uh, but man, oh man, I just uh, I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that match now. I'm gonna actually pay for it in October. I think it's gonna be something else. That whole show, Logan Paul, his first boxing match, he's gonna get destroyed. He made a cake. He had a cake made. Of that guy, the one time that the MMA fighter, and I'm sorry, I can't think of his name, uh, that he's fighting, the one time the guy got knocked out, he made a cake, because it was the guy's birthday yesterday, he made a cake of the guy laying down, like a full-blown cake, like, you know, the cake boss makes, you know, figures and stuff, and the guy laying there with a black eye, he's gonna, this guy's going to rip him apart, he, don't worry about him anymore in the WWE, because he's not going to make it out of this match. <laughs> But yeah, I just thought I'd mention that to you, man. I didn't know if you had a chance to watch that, but it was something else. All right, so let's move on to Dynamite Results. International. Championship on the line. Orange Cassidy faced Wheeler Yuta. And your winner is still champion. Ooh. Orange Cassidy. Yeah. This wasn't believable to me. Wheeler Yuta had this guy. I'm not a big Wheeler Yuta fan, but he is a great wrestler. And he had this guy out-wrestled. Out like we've seen several of his last opponents... He's been out-wrestled, and he still wins the match. I don't get it. Your thoughts on the Dynamite match, sir? To me, AEW is making the same mistake with Orange Cassidy that WWE made with John Cena back in the day, and with Bianca Belair to a lesser extent, which is they have, they have the wrestler get beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. There's no possible way he could come back, and oh, look at this. Miraculous comeback, and he went and he wins the match. So yeah, the fans are supposed to get behind that. Well, I'm sorry, but it might have worked back in the day for Hulk Hogan because it was a different time period in wrestling. But it, it, it doesn't work in 2023. People don't want to see miraculous comebacks like that. Um, they want to see a lot of good back and forth. They, I, I, I mean, if you make a miraculous comeback, they want they want to see some fire. They want to see some intensity, not an Orange Cassidy-style comeback. I, I would have been totally content if Wheeler Yuta won the international championship here, but unfortunately that's not what happened, and Orange Cassidy's still the champion. So we've got to hope that at all in, maybe Orange Cassidy's going to finally drop the belt there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know who's wrestling, but uh, Wheeler Yuta is a former Ring of Honor pure champion. I mean, he's got their credentials. Uh, to have taken that title from them. I thought that was a better opportunity than they've had, so I don't get it. Uh, but you're right, they are making that mistake. Uh, then we, And I tell you, another mistake was right here. The Gates of Agony tag team, which are 
phenomenal. These guys are bad, man. I mean, they took on Nick Wayne and Darby Allen. Now, don't get me wrong. Darby Allen is great. Nick Wayne is great. I'm glad he's finally on a major promotion and everybody's getting to see, but he's still young. But he's he's been wrestling for years, but he's still young. And he's still developing a crap. Nick Wayne and Darby Allen won the match. And I, I don't think that's the right person that should have won. Gates of Agony have a whole lot of momentum now. They've actually joined the uh, Swerve Stable as well. And these guys are just bad. Man, these guys were champions in uh, New Japan. These guys are just bad. And when I say bad, I'm using bad as a good, good, <laughs> saying they're very, very good, very talented. And uh, I just, I don't know what they're doing with they I mean, these guys should be fighting for titles. I just don't get it. Uh, your thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, again, it was a good showcase for all four guys, but I would have to agree with you, Kentucky guy. It would have made sense to have the more established tag team go over here. I mean, Darby Allen as a single star is great. Nick Wayne obviously is an up-and-comer, has a lot of potential, but you've got to put a tag team over here. I mean, the Gates of Agony are part of the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. I mean, you've got to put your champions over. Yeah, and they just, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and their, their, their credentials and, and, and what they've done, you know, other places, I don't know. I, I don't, and I'm starting to feel like AEW treats their tag team, and we've said this for a while. Remember the claim were champions, the guns were champions at one time. Their 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 tag teams, like the WWE treats their female tag teams, and they just don't care. I'm I'm starting to get that drift that they just. I mean, I know FTR is the champion right now, but I, maybe they just have too many, and they just don't know what to do. I don't know. Then we had a special match, a specialty match, they call it. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre match between Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. So a little bit about this match because, uh, you know, you don't get these very often. So, of course, during the match, it's a no disqualification. So it didn't take long for uh, Brother Zane and, uh, or not Brother Zane, but uh, Jarrett's, uh, his little click to get involved. But... Then, uh, Zay, Ethan Page, and Matt Hardy showed up, and you know to help out their brother and their their uh, stable partner, and they did. It started out as pure mayhem, though. However, what I liked about this was when it started out, all everything was chaotic. And there was nothing but chaos. The longer the match went on, it was kind of hard to tell what was going on. Like it's you know watching not not being there in the actual building, like the picture in picture segment, it felt like, I don't, it felt like this match wasn't like they didn't rehearse or it wasn't planned out at times. It was just awkward. It, it, it's like, uh, it's like sometimes like Ethan page and Matt Hardy, they're standing there like wondering what to do next. I don't know if you caught that or not, but it was just like, I don't know. But anyways, Jeff Jarrett ended up winning the match, of course. But, uh, I just think I didn't dig the match. Uh, I I thought it was uh, I'm trying to think of the word planned. There we go. It was poorly planned. I think the way that it executed. So, your thoughts? Well, you notice they also had that um, <laughs> that that run in from a guy dressed up as Leatherface too during the match. He had the chainsaw. He chased uh, Karen Jarrett off. <laughs> very very awkward, right? 
Yeah, very awkward. It reminded me of when RoboCop made the cameo in at the WCW pay-per-view back in the day. <laughs> um, I'm actually glad Jeff Jarrett won this match because Jeff Hardy, right now, in my opinion, all he should be doing, he should be putting talent over, especially considering all the controversy he has had over the years. Uh, th- this is the best way for him to pay his dues and give back to wrestling is to put people over. I'm not saying he needs to embarrass himself and, you know, basically job out every match. You know, he could still put on a good match, but, you know, Jeff Jeff doesn't need to win matches at this point in his career. He needs to put people over and he needs to show, hey, I've made a lot of mistakes in my career and I have no problem uh, giving back by letting other superstars look good. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he can, he could do, he he could lose the rest of his matches on AEW and still go down, you know, as a very, uh, uh, as a superstar. People still look at him as a superstar. I don't personally, but a lot of people do. All right, so let's see here. And then we had uh, the Bunny versus uh, Britt Baker. Of course, uh, Britt Baker won the match. Here's the thing. The Bunny, I just got to be honest with you. I don't think that there's another female wrestler out there that could act crazy with the crazy eyes <laughs> that this chick has. She, uh, she plays the role very, very well. Let's put it that way. And then we had a tag team match, the Guns versus the Young Bucks, Brothers versus Brothers. I got to say something. So the Young Bucks won the match, and they looked fantastic. I do have to say, and I haven't been a fan of these guys, I haven't said very positive things about them in the past, but you can really tell the growth of the guns in this match. It, it really highlighted some of their improvements. I think that has a lot to do with them. Uh, if you look at them, you can tell they're working out like they're buff, They're getting buff. And I think it has everything to do with their new confidence with the, uh, the Bullet Club, the Golden Bullet Club. So that might be a very good move, putting them in that stable, because they look they look good. They look comfortable, and uh, that only comes with practice, practice, practice. And uh, they kind of impressed me in this match. I knew the Young Bucks would win, but these guys look pretty good. Your thoughts on those two matches? Well, I will agree with you, Kentucky guy, that when you put the gun club with two guys like Juice Robinson and Jay White, they're automatically going to be forced to up their game a little bit to prove that they belong in Bullet Club Gold in the first place. So I will say I admire their commitment. They are starting to show improvement after all this time. And obviously the Young Bucks, when they're when they're at the top of their game, which is 90% of the time, they can make just about anybody look good. So yeah, this was a better match than it had any right to be, but I'm glad the Young Bucks look strong because... They are going into a big match against FTR at All In, which I, I want to get your thoughts on the real-life situation surrounding that uh, in, a, in just a minute. But um, And truth be told, I'm confident that the Young Bucks are going to walk out of All In as the AEW World Tag Team Champions, um, which they haven't held those belts in a while, so that would be great. That would be great to see if it actually happens. Um, as far as the women's match, uh, it's great to see uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, the role model, go over in this match, as it should be. She belongs in that fatal four-way for the AEW Women's World Championship. Maybe she'll win it back finally. You, 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 just, you just never know. There's a lot 
there's a lot of factors going into that match, but it was it was great to see her pick up the win. Yeah, all in. Is that Sunday? That's this coming Sunday, Kentucky guy. Yeah, so we we need to do our predictions uh, on this show, right? Yep. Official predictions. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. When we will. But uh, but one question I did want to ask you. I'm sure you have heard the news story about um, uh, not uh, not Dax Harwood, sorry, uh, Cash Wheeler getting arrested for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Yes. Now they did they did not take his passport. He'll still be able to be at all in. Uh, but yes, that did happen. Uh, I uh, that was uh, that was a you know we we haven't got the whole word on that, so it, it it's kind of hard to uh, comment on it because we we really don't know everything. Here, here's what I do know: I know that he went in front of a judge. I know that there was a bunch of rumors at first. That uh, he was going to, they were going to take his passport, he wasn't going to be an all-in. And they weren't going to be able to defend the titles. So that all, Tony Khan made it clear that that's not true. None of that's true. That's not changing. But they didn't really, I haven't got the story of, who did he pull the gun on? Like, what happened? And I have, have you been able to find it? They've been very good at keeping that a secret. The... the the facts that have been released are very, very sparse. The only thing that I am aware of is that it had something to do with a road rage incident. I am not saying that Cash Wheeler was the guy who committed the, the road rage. I'm not saying any of that. Um, I just know that it was some sort of incident, and Cash Wheeler apparently did have a, a gun on him at the time. But... That, that's pretty much all I know. I don't know whether he was acting in defense. I don't know if he was um, instigated in some way. We don't know any of those facts. So no one is actually blaming Cash Wheeler for anything. Um, as they say in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. But um, the one good thing to come out of it is at least we are still going to get the all-in match between FTR and the Young Bucks. This is not going to impact that match in any way at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are going to be some changes to some matches, uh, Tony Khan said, and it's, it, it, the changes are going to occur, uh, that occur, have nothing to do with wrestling. I don't know what he meant by that, maybe travel issues. But he did say none of the big matches, like uh, the world titles or the world uh, tag team titles, are going to be messed with. But he did say there's going to be more changes to All In, so... I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe we'll find out more tonight. Uh, could be interesting. So here's the thing. Let's do. Um, well, we got to talk about SmackDown, and then we'll go into the our uh, predictions for All In, as uh, SmackDown was kind of big this week. So to start off, uh, okay, let's 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 do it right. Let's get to the SmackDown results. So, to start off SmackDown this week, the Grayson Waller Effect had special guests Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Uh, they kicked off with uh, 
the new United States champion, Rey Mysterio. But the promo segment was a little more than a background for the making of a match between Austin Theories and L.A. Knight. The opening segment of the show was all over the place, but it did establish the fact that there is no tension, which this is hard to believe, and I think that this is this is a work they're doing on us, but according to the, the way they acted, there's no tension between Escobar and Mysterio, even though uh, <laughs> Grayson Waller tried his best to make it. The interruption by theory made sense as he finds a, as he finds fault with the idea that Mysterio could just take his uh, protege's spot and benefit from it, and Knight's involvement keeps him in the title after appearing to be the guy to do the throne uh, theory. So, and there was actually a match set up between L.A. Knight and Austin Theory for a United States Championship opportunity. Here's the problem. Your winner, Austin Theories, because Stupid Miz gets involved and spoils his opportunity. <laughs> I get it, Miz. You don't like him because he's so over. Dude, he's going to... I don't know. <laughs> I this, this was a mistake on Miz's part. I think LA Knight's going to lay it to him. Uh, anyways, uh... Your thoughts on the opening segment in that match? Uh, there's no... Sorry, there's no... Oh, I have a little bit of that going. I don't hear it. Let me try it again. Yeah, I don't hear an echo. So, LA Knight and The Miz are on a collision course right now. And I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like... They're delaying the inevitable. The fans want to see L.A. Knight win the U.S. title. And for whatever reason, they keep dragging this out, which I don't agree with. But obviously, L.A. Knight did get his revenge on Miz by interfering in Miz's match on Raw. So it kind of evens itself out. Um, as far as the opening segment with Grayson Waller effect... There's definitely tension between Escobar and Mysterio. They can act like everything is great. There's nothing but respect between the two of them. But eventually they're going to collide too. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, there's something going to happen there. Uh, then we had Charlotte Flair teaming up with Bianca Belair. Actually took on damage control. Uh, Bailey and uh, the, uh, uh, the women's champion, Eos Guy. And your winner, Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Don't quite understand why they won that match. They're never going to be a tag team. <laughs> so, don't get it, but hey. And then the next match, the Street Profits versus the OC. Your winners, the Street Profits. And I tell you what, that's the best I've seen the Street Profits look. They're more aggressive. This hill turn with Bobby Lashley is really going to help these guys, I think. Because that... That, that's the best I've seen them in a long time. And their finishing move, their new finishing move, was phenomenal. I thought it was great. Uh, anyways, uh, your thoughts on those two matches, sir? Don't fight it. Did the three profit finish was phenomenal. I'm so sorry, Mr. Cage, but you broke up every other line. I couldn't hear you. I don't think your reference to the finish was phenomenal. 
was lost on Kentucky because I know they very different style the OC. Yeah, um, may may need to go in and back out, sir, because uh, can't cannot understand anything you're saying right now. Yeah, I will Sorry do about that. Okay, so he will be right back with us. Uh, he had a um, he, he had an incident where uh, he actually got kicked off earlier, and I think that's uh, probably what's going on. So have him go in and back out, and once he gets back in here, he'll. Uh, Hopefully, uh, everything will be perfect. <laughs> Let me talk to you. There we go. To quote L.A. Knight. Anyway, um, so I heard what you said about the New Days. Not the New the new Day, yeah. The Street Profits, new finishing move Kentucky guy. You right. said it was phenomenal. And I couldn't <laughs> agree more. It was a phenomenal finisher. It's not quite as phenomenal as A.J. Styles, but it was a uh, phenomenal finisher nonetheless. I like this new version of the Street Profits that we're seeing. It really works. And I hope they stay on this direction, in this direction for quite a while. Um, what was up with Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair beating Damage Control? I'm just, I'm totally confused by this. They're not a tag team. They should be feuding with one another, not teaming up. I was, I was kind of disgusted by the end result of this match. I like Charlotte Flair. I like Bianca Belair. I don't like them as a tag team. There's no future to it, right? Yeah, it makes zero, zero, zero cents. Now, uh, Paul Heyman uh, was backstage, and he was interviewed, and he provided an update on the bloodline. And basically, the special counsel <laughs> to the tribal chief pretty much refused to provide any type of update on the current status of the bloodline. Uh, he did taunt uh, Caleb Braxton, who was interviewing him, and revealed that Jimmy Uso will appear on next week's show. So that should be interesting. And next week's SmackDown, on this week's SmackDown, I don't know. I, I just the the bloodline has me kind of confused right now. I don't know what's going on with Jay Uso. There's so many things out there. First of all, folks, Jay Uso is not going to AEW. Get that out of your head. Don't believe that crap. <laughs> Don't believe that is. <laughs> That's not happening. I see that all over the place, and it's just it's like, uh, hello, his contract's not really up. You know, this this isn't. You know, this is wrestling. This is the world of entertainment. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you guys have been watching this long enough. You know better. You can't be falling for this stuff just because they. Well, I know everything they put on the internet is true, right? But still, come on. <laughs> And then we had, and this, now this, the rumors about this guy is different, 100% different than Jey Uso. Uh, we had Edge's final match with the WWE, and he took on Sheamus. And Edge won the match. It was a good, heartfelt match. However, a lot of us didn't know at that time what was really going on, and I'm going to tell you, what happened right now, and then we'll get Mr. Cage's opinion on those two matches. But Edge may actually be heading to AEW after leaving the WWE. So as I just mentioned, he worked his last match uh, in his last current WWE deal last Friday night on SmackDown with a win over Sheamus, uh, which was basically they talked about it being the 25th anniversary celebration of Edge. 
his, uh, his contract expires next month. There's been a lot of speculation on whether he will retire, resign with the company, or go to AEW. Wade Keller, who's a, who's a uh, journalist all about wrestling, reported that Edge presented WWE with a, quote, what it would take to retain his services. Remember, Edge said he was going to retire at the end of this year. This is only August. But WWE declined to meet his request. So, this has sparked belief within WWE that he's probably headed to AEW and knew at the time what AEW could offer him, you know, perhaps on a conversation with other wrestlers of his star power about AEW pay. AEW uh, president Tony Khan is a fan of Edge's and adding Edge to the roster, whether that be as a wrestler or in another role, would certainly add value to the company, definitely. And he also has friends there, uh, Christian Cage. He's also big buddies with FTR. So, I, like I said, his is different. His story is a lot different than uh, Jey Uso's. Jey Uso's still with W. He's, don't believe that crap. He's still working with, uh, he's still under contract. But Edge is officially gone, and you never know. You could see Edge at All Out. Not All In, not, not, not this Sunday, but All Out, the next pay-per-view. Uh, which would be, whew, I don't want to know how to take it because Edge is, Edge is homegrown pretty much at WWE. He's not an Indies guy, so <laughs> it would be awkward to see that, but might be a little fun too. Uh, your thoughts, sir? First of all, anyone who thinks that Jay Uso was actually AEW bound, you need to wake up and smell, and smell, the, and smell the coffee. It's crazy crazy to think that we all know that jay uso is impact bound (laughs) (laughs) jay uso is under contract to wwe he is not going anywhere in the near future first of all i don't think he's going anywhere period i think he's finishing his career in wwe Um, not to mention they've got the red hot bloodline storyline still going strong so rest assured he might be off television right now, but he's not gone from WWE. Far from it. Um, as far as Edge goes, you know, the idea of him showing up in AEW is interesting. And especially if he were to just work a few more matches and then finally call it a career. Hey, that would be that would be a heck of a way to go out. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, why doesn't he stay loyal to WWE? I'm like, because he has nothing else that he needs to accomplish in WWE. He's main event at WrestleMania. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's won world titles. What more do you want from Edge in WWE? There's nothing more for him to do there. So if Tony Khan makes him a good offer and he's healthy enough, then why not go to AEW and wrestle a couple of marquee matches? I would do it. I, I Yeah, you know, um, now, what, what throws me off on Edge, right, which I didn't know... Uh, that, I, that we just that I just read. I hadn't read that yet, but what throws me off on this guy is his wife and daughter were all upset at the match. Uh, he looked sad. I mean, so he played, I mean, of course, he's been doing that for years. So, I mean, he played it well, but I don't know. Uh, to see him walk down the AEW uh, ramp, it's going to be something else. And I... We're all going to say it. We're going to say it. We're not saying it now, but we will. 
uh, I can't believe WWE let him go. We're all gonna if that happens, you know we're gonna say it. We're all guilty. Of this. <laughs> all right, so let's get into let's get into our predictions for this Sunday's pay per view on AEW All In in Wembley. One, Alright, here we go. And we know we're running out of time. We're out of time. Uh, we'll go through it quickly. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with the big boy first. MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship. I got to go with my boy MJF, even though I look for Adam Cole to possibly turn heel uh, during this match. But, yep, Kentucky guy calls it uh, MJF. What about you, sir? Well, I have to say that this is a tough call, this one here, uh, Kentucky guy, because the fans have loved seeing these two as friends uh, or having a friendly rivalry, at least. Um, and it could go either way because they're so evenly matched. But I'm actually going to predict that we are going to have a new AEW world champion. And this, of course, is the the man who's the real AEW world champ, despite what CM Punk says, and I am predicting it is going to be Adam Cole, baby. How dare you pick against the boy? How dare you? Ugh. Tag team titles on the line, FTR versus Young Bucks. So the question is, how are these te two teams going to coexist? Because we all know what happened with CM Punk back at last year's All Out. And we know that FTR are huge uh, buddies with uh, CM Punk. And it really showed how much they are friends with them uh, during Collision. So, um, just to ease everybody's mind, did a little bit of investigating on this the other day. And it looks like that the Young Bucks and FTR are good. They're cool. FTR doesn't try to put uh, CM Punk down their throat or anything like that. The, C uh, the Young Bucks do not talk negative about him even though they don't want nothing to do with him still they do not talk negative about him in front of FTR and this should be a good match there shouldn't be anything uh, there, there is no animosity there so these guys can work together no problem Tony Khan actually went on and did an interview uh, on a podcast and was asked about the tensions and he goes well he goes I can't make everybody like everybody uh, you know everybody love everybody or however you put it but you know, uh, he's managing the best he can. Well, you know what? Boo-hoo, Tony Khan. You brought this on yourself. You had, the guy, you had the guy dead to rights. He could be gone, but no, no, no. Anyways, Kentucky guy calls it new world tag team champions, the Young Bucks. What say you, sir? Agreed. I think we're going to see new tag champs in the form of the Young Bucks on Sunday. Does that answer your question about earlier? Oh yeah, I mean that was my uh, that was what I assumed that there was no actual tension between FTR and the Young Bucks in real life, just between the Young Bucks and CM Punk. Yeah, which you know it could have easily been against him. You know what I'm saying against FTR too because they're such uh, uh, CM Punk fans. So, 
Uh, we had uh, the women's title on the line. Akura Shia, the current champion. She takes on Sierra, who also takes on her partner, Tony Storm, versus Dr. Britt Baker. It's time. It's time for Britt Baker to get their title back. And that's what I'm calling it. Your 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 uh, guess, sir. I agree on that one, Kentucky guy. It's it's time for the DMD to re- retake her rightful spot on top of the women's division. I am going with Britt Baker to win this match. We have Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi taking on Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Takashita. So pretty much Don Callis has. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention this, but Jericho actually chose John Callis to join his team. However, John Callis being Don Callis thought that Jericho was not going to choose him and therefore had a picture kind of making fun of Jericho with uh, his severed head. And Jericho is no longer with Don Callis. So Jericho is pretty much on a, I guess he's on an island of his own. However... On his beatdown from uh, Callis's uh, team, Sammy Guevara showed up. So I, I don't, who knows what's happening there? I don't know. But I don't want to throw that out there because this is his team pretty much involved in this match, uh, Takashiti. So uh, I pick, uh, I pick the, the Golden Lovers and Hangman Adam Page to win this match. What say you? I, I agree with that one. Also picking. Kenny Omega, Kota Bushi, and Adam Page to win this match. You're just a big old copycat. <laughs> One of the guys on Don Callis's new stable, pretty impressive, is Will Ospreay. And he'll be taking on Chris Jericho. Okay, so here's the thing. I love Chris Jericho. And he is the GOAT. But we can all agree... If, you're, if you truly love this sport and you watch these matches closely, we can agree that Jericho's behind the eight ball and has been for a long time. It's time for him. I mean, it really is time for him to start his broadcasting career. I hate saying that out loud because I'm such a fan. But to put him in a match with Will Ospreay, and Will Ospreay is great. He can carry anybody. I think that this match is going to be lackluster. And I hate saying that, but... I just, you know, thank God it's not Chris Jericho and Sting, because then it would be horrible. But I just, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I think they put somebody way too talented in this match against Chris, and it's just going to make them look even worse. But anyways, uh, my prediction is Will Ospreay win this match. What say you? This match, correct me if I'm wrong, Kentucky guy, is not for Will Ospreay's IWGP United States Championship. No, it's uh, for Don Callis. It's just a... Like a feud match. I would ag- I would agree with you that on any other given day, I would say Will Ospreay 100% because he's one of the top wrestlers in the world right now. Because there is no title on the line here, I've actually got to go with Chris Jericho in this match. And I'm good with I hope that happens. I mean, I'm good with that. It'd have to be something funny happen, though, like a, a distraction or something. And we had John Moxley with his tag team, Claudio and Willer Yuta, and three more people to be announced. They have not been announced yet. We'll take on, this is a stable stampede match, and I don't know what that means, 
will take on Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Brothers, Lawrence Cassidy, and Best Friends. So Lawrence Cassidy is not defending his title. Of course he's not at the pay-per-view. Uh, I'm picking uh, the Combat Club to destroy these guys. What say you? Well, here's one thing that I just heard the other day, and I don't know if you caught wind of this um, Kentucky guy, but apparently Ray Phoenix is injured, and he's not going to compete in Stadium Stampede, so they're going to have to get a wrestler to replace him to fill out that team. He is injured. You are correct. But um, back to my prediction, um, if I had to predict who's going to partner up with uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm actually going uh, to guess that it's going to be the... Um, House of Black that's going to team up with them for Stadium Stampede. And I, and I could be totally wrong about that, but that's just my guess. And if they do team up with Blackpool Combat Club, then they're going to destroy their, their opponents and, and win this. So, well, one way or another, I'm picking Team Blackpool Combat Club to win Stadium Stampede. I, yeah, I'm, I look for it to be uh, somebody out of Japan, somebody that... Uh, Don Callis is a part of. I still think Don Callis is going to end up taking over the Combat Club. For some reason, he just he's got too many ties to them somehow. So I don't know. Be interesting to see. Uh, Swerve Strickland and Ar Fox is going to take on Sting and Darby Allen in a coffin match. Normally, I would pick Darby Allen because it's a coffin match, but I, Swerve Strickland has got so much stuff going on right now, and uh, he they're they're really working with him hard. And I think that's going to be your winner. So I'm going to go with uh, uh, Strickland and A.R. Fox. What say you? Uh, I have to agree to agree to disagree, Kentucky guy. This is uh, Darby Allen and Sting's signature match, and I think they're going to pick up the win here. You think it's Sting's signature match? <laughs> then we have for the, quote, real world championship, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. I told you guys, and I'm sticking to it. I'm never picking CM Punk. So, Samoa Joe, Ian, you guys know how much I've, I love Samoa Joe. I am going to pick him in this match. Uh, your thoughts? Um, I'm in the same camp as you, Kentucky guy. I I ultimately don't care what the end result is, um, but I'm a Samoa Joe fan, and I'm always going to pull for him. So, I'm going to pick Samoa Joe to win this match, even though I'm probably going to be wrong, and I'm probably going to be really upset about it. But my official prediction is Samoa Joe. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I just, I just can't. I can't root for that guy in any way whatsoever. I, uh, I can't. The, he, he never stops running his mouth, and he's causing. I'm not going to get into it, but he's causing more uh, unrest backstage. Uh, people say it's a ticking time bomb, ready to, or a powder keg that's ready to be lit at any moment, and it just disgusts me. Oh, you know what? Uh, ah, I can't talk about it yet. Man, why'd you say that? <laughs> Anyways, uh, I've got some information on uh, ah, I got some information on Punk that hopefully I can talk about on on uh, next week's episode about his uh, locker room demeanor and stuff. So, like real life, like people seen it. So, anyways, in the final match, uh, I shouldn't even mention. I'm sorry, folks. I know that's a horrible, horrible tease, but uh, I really, I, I just some things I can't talk about right away. Uh, and then the final match, the Aussie Open versus MJF and Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. I'm going to shock you guys. I think that Adam Cole and MJF are going to win. Uh, I, I think that something's going to happen and they're going to, they're going to win these titles. But 
they're still not going to be like buddy buddy because Adam Cole's going to turn heel, and who knows? Maybe we'll have another tournament for the titles. I don't know, but uh, I think MJF and them are going to win this. I think that's the whole purpose of them being in the match because they didn't go over with uh, FTR, even though they came very close. Uh, your prediction, sir? That is a bold prediction, Kentucky guy, and I hadn't even thought about it until you brought it up. This is a tough one to call because I know Aussie Open is a really up-and-coming tag team, and you could make the argument that why would you take the belts off of them to give it to two guys that are going to wrestle each other later, but in many ways it adds to the drama of the MJF Adam Cole saga. So, yeah, I think we're going to see new Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Oh, okay. Welcome to the dark side. All right, so, yeah, so, um, looks like, so I want to put a couple things out there real quick, just so you guys know, and I know we're out of time, but uh, I think it's worth mentioning, not a couple things, just one thing, really, and that is, uh, if you haven't heard yet, or if you had heard, you know, we, we, we kill rumors here. Uh, we either, you know, confirm them or deny them. And the rumor is true. Uh, Seth Rollins is dealing with a severe spinal issue. And he's been dealing with it uh, for a while. So, and Shinsei Nakamura, we know, is fighting him uh, for his title. And that's what uh, Shinsei whispered to Seth Rollins last week. Was that, uh, you know, he knew about his back. So, anyways, he's had two fractures in his lumbar spine. And it's something he's been dealing with for four years. And it's getting worse because he doesn't take any time off. He doesn't know how long he can keep, and his, his exact words were, he doesn't know how long he can keep going at this level. So, I'm just wondering at payback, if, if uh, this is leading into a new champion because Nakamura will be challenging for his title in two weeks. So in a couple weeks now. So, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to, uh, bring that to everybody's attention because that's not, it's not, you would think that would be like all over the dirt sheets and everything, but a lot of people aren't talking about it, which is weird. But anyway, sir, uh, any thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I'm shocked because this is the first time I've actually heard about that news and that's, devastating to hear uh because seth rollins is one of the workhorses of wwe well not just wwe the wrestling industry in general um but you got to think about your long-term health and if seth really does need to take extended time off to rest and heal up then i would absolutely encourage him to do that what i would predict is going to happen at payback this is just my prediction I actually don't think Shinsuke is going to win the belt from Seth Rollins. I think we might finally get a Damian Priest cash-in, and he might win the World Heavyweight Championship, which would further the storyline that's going with Judgment Day, which is, quite honestly, the hottest storyline on Raw right now. At least that's how I would book it, personally. That um, makes a lot, of, that, a lot of sense. Yeah, But, um... Seth, in my honest opinion, while while I would hate to see his world heavyweight title run come to a premature end, he, he's got to consider long his long-term health. And if he wants to continue wrestling for many years to come, if he needs to take an extended break, he's got to take it. He's got to heal up. And then my last piece of news actually coexists with what something you just said. And 
so all along we were wondering if Finn Balor was going to be the one to uh, be kicked out of or leave Judgment Day. Well, it looks like from many, many reliable sources that Damian Priest is going to be the one. I think it's a mistake, but he's going to be the one to actually be kicked out of Judgment Day. And that is supposed to happen soon, before the Rumble. So that's, you know, before the end of the year. So, but uh, anyways, uh, sir, don't, I don't know if you've heard that or, or if that's news to you, but that is, uh, that is the word I'm getting. Yeah, I have read that rumor too, and I think it's a tremendous mistake. I think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little bit of teasing some tension within the group, just like they did with the bloodline for a long time before that kind of exploded. Um, but you don't take a uh, a stable that's really popular, it, you know, and has a has a story has a good storyline going, and just decide, hey, we're going to break them up or or kick someone out. It's like no, you. you you need to take time and build to this so that when you have the final payoff, it means something. If you do it too early, it's not going to have the intended impact. So I would be totally fine with Damian Priest winning the belt, maybe having some tension between him and Finn Balor, but ultimately the rest of the stable rallies behind him and supports him as world champion if that happens. Um and then several months down the road, you can finally do the big Judgment Day breakup. But it would be a mistake to do that now. I agree, and I think that uh, what they should do is uh, you can bring the Irish Ace into the group while Damian Priest is still there. Yeah, I mean, if they're doing this just to bring him in, who, where, where is the rule that this faction only has to have four people? I mean, we've seen factions with, you know, Shoot, 20 people. Look at the MWO. Look at the Aces and Eights at one time. So, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know the thinking there. I don't, I don't quite get it. But, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that seems to be the case and seems to be what's going to happen. So, I guess we'll see. All right, sir. So, that's all I have for this uh, episode. What say you? That is it for me. All right, folks. So, you've been listening to Against the Match. A wrestling podcast. With your hosts, the Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. Folks, as always, thank you so much for listening. And God bless. And God bless America. Thank you guys so much.